If you have your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. We'll begin in verse 19. Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 19. Let's stand together in the honor of reading the words of our God. Paul writes to us here in Philippians, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, perhaps filled with the Spirit, if you remember Wednesday night. says this, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare, for they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he served with me in the gospel. I hope therefore to send him just as soon as I see how to be going with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. All right, you may be seated. Uh, today, we, we sent, we, if you don't know what we just did, right? We just sent Ralph uh, and Zach to be a, a, a part of a work that we hope will, will continue. It's, it's been an ongoing work of our church for, uh, you know, almost half a decade or a, a little bit more now. But we want this to be a, a continuing sort of mutual relationship between us and these Tanzanian Christians that, that we know there now. But as I was thinking about, about sending them uh, and what they were doing, I thought, man, what a great time to look at what the Bible tells us about the work of sending to other churches. Because that's what we're doing. We're not dropping them in some sort of pagan mission field. You know, they're not, they're not you know, uh, repelling into some jungle uh, and, and sharing the gospel to some unknown people group. They're going to help other churches. Other Christians, that's what we're doing. We're sending them to other Christians who already know the gospel. uh, And our goal is that they would be strengthened in that gospel. So what do you do when you are a church, not sending people on sort of an evangelistic uh, outreach, although we could talk about the uh, evangelism uh, biblically in just a second. Not in just a second. Uh, During lunch, if you want to, it'd be fun talk. Uh, So we're not talking about that sort of gospel ministry, that planting of the gospel. Uh, When we send help, to already established believers, right? already established churches, uh, and may, helping them become more established, what should we be thinking about in that? And so we're going to see in these some of Paul's own works, we're going to look at some texts of Paul's that describe what's going on when he does that very thing. Because Paul's not always sending these uh, to people to places that uh, haven't heard the gospel. We're sending Timothy and uh, Epaphroditus and stuff. He's sending them to the church that, churches that already have the gospel just to strengthen them. So what should we be thinking as we do that? As we do something to, to strengthen these churches? And what we're going to see uh, as Paul lays this out, we're going to see that there are great blessings that come to the churches that are sending these other believers. So in the sending, there's a great blessing that comes to the ones who are sending. There's a great blessing. And so my hope is that as Zach and Ralph and Jack and Mike are over there uh, doing this work now, and as we'll do it again uh, in April, and then whenever funds uh, allow, do it again uh, after that, uh, I want us to think, how is our church tied to that? In other words, I don't want for the next four weeks us to just think about Zach and Ralph just when they're not here. Uh, what, What sort of blessings is the Lord working in us just in the fact that we're sending these people? 
And then what responsibilities do we have as a church as we send believers to other churches? There are responsibilities on us. In other words, you can't just willy-nilly send somebody. Willy-nilly is a Greek word. Uh, You can't just willy-nilly send someone over somewhere. There is a responsibility in that for believers. And we're going to see that here. So I wanted us to look at at some of those passages and, and see the question, what good is it to send people? What good is it to send, you know, across the world to churches that already have the gospel, right? Uh, is, is there only value if you're sending it to places that don't have the gospel to sort of get it there? Why, why send it to, to places that, that already have it? Is there a blessing that comes in that? And what obligations do we have to meet when we send and then also after we send? My hope is that we'll see that what we're doing here in, in sending to Tanzania is something that is meant to richly reward both them and us. In other words, this, is, this sending is not a pure sacrifice on our part. The Lord is going to richly bless us in it. So it's a, wise, it's a wise investment. You're just not sending your talent over and you got nothing in, in, in response. The Lord is, gonna, is going to bless this. But I also wanted to show you that this is, is serious business. That sending people somewhere is, is a serious business that requires certain things from us in the sending. In other words, we just can't say, oh, sending is good. Send anyone and send anyone for any reason. And that sending is good, so just do, send whatever. Just send. That's great. That's not what the Bible is going to tell us. We'll see for the next few weeks that there are at least some considerations that we should have when we're sending people to help other believers. Considerations that Paul took into account and that we should likewise take into account. We'll look at four groups of people sent by Paul. They're going to be gone for four weeks. So we'll look at four groups of people. And that way it'll, it'll book in me. So it'll be four weeks and not four months of looking at these people. But if it's really good, I make no promises. Like if it's just really good stuff. This week, we're going to start as we look at what we gain in sending and we look at what responsibilities we have and why and who we send. This week, we're going to start with probably Paul's most famous person that he sent. This week, we're going to look at Timothy. Okay, we'll look at Timothy, who is, who is that evangelist. And, and we're going to start with this passage in Philippians. Okay, so if you're looking here in Philippians, let me just give you a little bit of the context here in Philippians. Paul is, is writing to the church at Philippi. That's why it's called Philippians, in case you didn't know. It's to the church at Philippi. He thanks God for them. You can sort of follow this along in your Bibles if you want to see in chapter 1. Uh, he thanks God for them. Uh, he knows that God is not done working in them. That's where you get that classic verse. I'm sure that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. So, so that's in chapter 1. He knows God's working in them, and God is going to continue to work in them. And so he prays for them. And then he starts talking to them about sort of the things he's gone through and he, uh, and he wants to, to encourage them that, that what he's gone through, that they're actually aware of is, is actually for the good, actually something that's been good, it's been used by God to advance the gospel to where he knows whether he lives or dies, he just wants Christ to be honored. And then that's where you get that other classic verse, to live is Christ, to die is gain. So, so Paul really starts out Philippians with some, with some real banger verses here. Uh, and he, he wants the same for them. He wants their manner of life to be worthy of the gospel as well. He says, if I live or die, I just want my life to be worthy of the gospel. He says, and I want the same thing for you. That's my desire for you. Now, remember, Paul again knows that the Lord is going to work in them. The Lord's going to bring this to completion. And yet he also wants to, he knows his responsibility to, to send and do. And, and so he, 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 he wants this 
this, uh, their manner of life to also be worthy. And so we get a, this, a good verse about spiritual warfare, how he wants them to strive for the faith side by side, not afraid of anything from their enemies. Uh, we'll actually look at that verse in, in a few weeks, at, well, at least going to be four weeks from now. So how can they do that? And so that's chapter one. That's what Paul wants. Uh, I want I want to make much of Christ. I want you guys to make much of Christ. I know God's going to work in you. I'm praying that he'll do what I'm sure he's going to do. Uh, but how is he going to do that? How's this going to happen? And chapter two answers that question. So in chapter two, uh, he says it's going to happen through this. It's going to happen through unity and it's going to happen through humility. So it's going to happen through unity that your life also will be used to the advancement of the gospel. It's going to happen through unity, uh, when this unity that, that is built uh, in and with Christ. That's the beginning of chapter 2. And then uh, in that humility, that humility that mirrors the humility of Christ. And so Paul wants them, so that's sort of building up here. Paul wants them then to get to work, working out their salvation with fear and trembling, right? Knowing that it is God who is working in them. And so he gives them this list of instructions. And in chapter two, he says, don't be grumblers, don't fight with one another, which makes sense because they're supposed to be united, right? It wouldn't make sense to be grumblers and, and fight with one another if unity is the thing that was going to advance the gospel. So it just makes sense to tell them, okay, so don't do this because unity is what's going to do that. And he wants them to be holy. He wants them to shine in the midst of a, of a generation that was, that was pretty bad. And the way they do that is to hold fast to God's word. He says, do that. And, and no matter what happens to them or to him, they can all be glad and rejoice. So I'm sure God's going to work something great in you. You do this and you do that. And great things are going to happen. But in the meantime, so this is all they got to do. God's at work. They're at work. In the meantime, Paul says, but I'm going to send someone to help you do that. Right? So Paul is confident that God will do this work. He's confident that they know enough to do it. They know what they're supposed to do. But in the meantime, he's still sending someone. He's still sending someone to help them in this work. He's told them what they need to do. But he also wants to send someone to help them actually do it. And his answer is he's going to send them Timothy. Uh, and it's Paul's own sending of Timothy that is going to help us begin to see how sending someone to help other believers is something that brings blessing. Can, is God going to be faithful to these believers in Tanzania, whether we're there or not? Yes. Is God going to bring to completion his work in them, whether we're there or not? Yes. Do they have all that they need to be strong churches without us? Yes. Is it still good for us to send someone? Yes. Is it still good for us to help them? Yes. Just as it was with Paul. And we're going to see that when we send someone to help other believers, if we do it rightly, that's something that's going to bring great, great blessing to us, but it's also something that brings great responsibility on our part as well. So in other words, it's not like we don't get to look at sending as some sort of lottery ticket to blessing where we go, okay, sending is good. God blesses sending. Send anyone. Just throw someone over there and, and watch God richly bless. You know, sow that seed of faith, so to speak, of sending someone over and, and who knows how God will bless in return. There's actually responsibility in doing that. And Paul takes that into account. And that's where we're at in Philippians chapter 2, verse 19. That's where we get in 2.19. So let's look at some of the blessings and responsibilities of sending here, beginning in verse 19. He says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be cheered by news of you. So here's our first blessing. Here's our, Paul wants to send Timothy and he wants to send him soon. Why? He says, so that I too may be cheered 
by news of you. The word there for cheered is good souls. So Paul had, Paul had such a genuine concern for these people that hearing about what's going on in their church, something that he's confident of, right? I know that he who began a good work and you will carry it on to completion. But I'm going to be so glad when I hear from Timothy that's actually what's happening. I'm going to be so glad. It's going to cheer me to my soul. It's going to make him happy down to his soul. So the first blessing we see in sending is of faith affirmed. Faith affirmed. Not our faith, but theirs. By sending Timothy, Paul is going to know what he, what he can uh, apart from them only hope that their hope is real that they're growing all those things that he was confident of in chapter two he's now gonna that that he was very confident of the lord's work and, and there he can now have that verified when timothy shows up Timothy's going to show up and when he hears about what he says, I'm excited to hear the good news of everything that God promised and everything I know to be true, that it actually will be true. And I'll have that verification. So hearing of their faith was something that Paul hoped in. It's a blessing to hear about their faith from a witness who's actually seen it because he cared about their faith. So, so the first thing we're going to see is that joy, the blessing of faith affirmed. So when you send somebody and that someone sends back the witness of what he saw, the the people who have sent get the joy of having the faith affirmed. So uh, Paul is sending there to have this faith affirmed, but Paul is intentionally sending not just anyone. Paul is sending Timothy. Right? He doesn't say, I know when I hear about you, uh, it's going to be great. So I grabbed the first person I saw and said, get down to Philippi. He says, no, I sent Timothy and I sent Timothy on purpose. And here's our first look at some of the responsibilities we have. Look at verse 20. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. This is one of the most interesting passages in Paul's letters to me. I love this passage. I don't love it. I mean, I love it in a, I hate that sort of way. Because look, because I wish I could ask him, basically it's like, you didn't have anyone else in the, like, so Paul's saying, I don't have anybody else. So Paul, you didn't have anyone in the group of, of folks around you that would be genuinely concerned for the Philippians. They're all just a bunch of self-seekers. You've only got Timothy and then, and then I always wonder, like, what the people with him thought when they read Philippians. And they're like, this book is going around. The letter that Paul sent to Timothy is starting to circulate. And they're like, really? I remember when he wrote that letter. Let me read it. And it was like, yeah, there are a whole bunch. Of, he's like, that was me there. Uh, that's, I was not, I'm not Timothy. So I'm one of the no ones here. But I think that's also, it's good for, that can be good for us. And, and good for our understanding of, of church. This is an aside to what we're talking about. But it is good for us to, to recognize as we are uh, looking for the perfect church, or we're aiming to be the, 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 the perfect church or, or for a certain standard of ministry or, or when we say things like, you know, I, I can't believe there are people in the church who are doing this. And so if there are people in a church doing that, that must be a sign of something that is uh, wrong with the church or a sign of an unhealthy church. Paul said, of his own ministry. Yeah, there is no one else with me besides Timothy that doesn't care about other people. They're all just out for themselves. I mean, I mean, if, if, if any church you know of 
has more than one selfless person who cares about others, then that church is doing better than Paul's was right here. Uh, Hedrick, if you've got two, Paul would be like, you are so lucky. Uh, I, only had, I only had Timothy. I mean, and, and really, if you just have you, like if you enter a church and that church is full of a bunch of self-centered people who don't care about no one and you're the only one there that cares, well, good news, you've made that church just on par with Paul's. Uh, so you can at least say, hey, now, now, we're, doing, now we're doing great. Uh, again, we don't want to take that too far, but it can help us with our barometer of how to evaluate the health of a church. Uh, because Paul says here, I don't have anybody I could send besides Timothy. And anybody who doesn't meet like a really low sort of standard, I don't have anybody who'd be concerned. I don't have anybody, I don't have anybody who has, cares about any, they only care about their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. Paul says, Timothy's the only one I've got. So I think that's significant. But the good news is that's not how Timothy is. So verse 22, but you know Timothy's proven worth. How as a son with a father, he has served with me in the gospel. So that's why Paul can send Timothy and he can't send others. And, and so here's where we get that responsibility in sending. Here's, the resu- here's one of the responsibilities. One, only send if you really care. Only send if you really care about the ones you're sending to. Paul said it would be good for his soul to hear about what is going on. in that. That's how much he cares. When I hear about what God is doing in you, church, it'll be good for my soul. And he sent Timothy because he said Timothy would have a genuine concern for them. The word genuine means true. He's gonna have a real concern, a true concern. It's the, in, in, in chapter four, verse three, if you look just a little bit ahead, it'll talk about the true companion. In describing uh, uh, Timothy in chapter one, verse two, it talked about Timothy as his true child. That's the same word as genuine his true child in the face. So he's going to have true, real concern here. So Paul had concern for the church. So he sent someone else who also had that same concern. So only send, if you're concerned about the church, the people you're sending to, and only send someone else who is themselves concerned. Don't just send. If you don't care about them, don't send. If you're not doing it because you want to make much of Christ, don't send. If, you don't, if, you, if it won't cheer your soul up to hear what's happening with these believers, don't send. So that's the first responsibility. Second, send worthy workers. So the second thing we see in that verse 22 is, one, send people who really care, uh, and you only send if you really care. Second, send workers who are worthy. Because again, Paul, that's, what, that's what's going on in 21, or 20 through 22. Paul doesn't just send someone. He doesn't send anyone. And he, 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 knows, he knows he can't send these other people. He shouldn't send these other people because they're only concerned about themselves. And so he doesn't, he doesn't send them. He doesn't, it, it would be often, sometimes we do, he doesn't send people in order to motivate them to quit being selfish or to start being concerned for others. Paul's not looking at church and going, golly, these, don't, these people don't care about anybody but themselves. I know what I'll do. I'll send them on a mission trip and that'll make them care. Right? I've seen people do this. People do this in the church all the time. They do it on mission trips. They do it in, in asking people to serve in the church. You know what? So-and-so is not really attached to church. What should we do? Let's give them something to do. Let's give them a responsibility, and that'll make them care. 
Paul warns about these things. And he, this would be the perfect example for him to go, man, I tell you who I'm not sending is Timothy because he's already doing great. But I got this handful of people that really don't care about anybody else. But I bet if I send them to Philippi and they see God's work there, they're going to be motivated and they're going to come back and they're going to care and they're going to start a Philippians missions group or whatever. That's not what he does. In fact, he says, I can't send them because they haven't proven themselves yet. Paul says, I can only send Timothy. And that's what, that's what makes Timothy worthy here. He says, he, he has proven worth. He's proven himself. But specifically, he's proven himself by already being a faithful son to the leadership of Paul. And notice what it is that, that proved Timothy. He's shown himself to be a son. He has served, he says, in the gospel already, where he was with me. Again, we often think what proves someone or what makes someone uh, these things it might be in the doing. Well, sending or mission work is not a proving ground. It's a proven ground. It's not something that you do to prove somebody. It's where you send someone who has already proven themselves. And Paul says, I know I'll send, I'll send Timothy because he's worthy. And what's interesting is when we again think of what makes someone worthy, here for Paul, it's he's helped in the work of the gospel. Have you ever looked at Timothy and the descriptions of Timothy? He's not what you would consider the charismatic leader that Paul is like, I know if I send Timothy, that guy has so much charisma that Philippi will fall on their knees just by his being there. You know, it's like, it's like we do when it's some celebrity comes to the faith and then we're like, now the gospel will work, right? You know, uh, now, now we've got it. But note, if you look at the description of Timothy, what do we know about Timothy and his skills that's going to give him such an impact? I'll send Timothy because he's really good at this. Maybe that's what Paul's doing. Maybe Timothy's just this really, again, charismatic, boisterous guy that's going to, going to help them do this. He'll, he's a leader. It's not exactly. I mean, if you look at Timothy's life, you're probably thinking, this is the last guy you sent. Because listen to, listen to how Timothy is described. When you're looking at Timothy's description, 1 Timothy 4, 12 tells you he's a young man. He's young. In fact, he's like, don't worry when people are going to say they don't want to listen to you because you're young. We know he's sickly. In fact, Paul tells him to drink wine for his, for his constant ailments. And so he's a, he's a young guy who's sick all the time, who was what? Raised by women, right? So you have a sickly guy raised by two moms. Uh, and, and so you got this, this, <laughs> this skinny guy. He's sickly, I'm assuming. You got this sickly guy raised by women who seems at 1 Corinthians 16, it's 1 Corinthians 16, uh, somewhat reserved, who's probably going to be somewhat afraid of going. And he's like, let him be, help him. Paul says, tell the Corinthians, help Timothy to not be afraid when he's with you. So you've got a young guy who's sick all the time, raised by women. Not exactly what you're thinking of uh, as the epitome of the one that's going to go. You know, this isn't, he's not sending Achilles here, right? He's not sending some demigod that's really going to sweep them off their feet. Uh, And yet, what was it? What was it he knew? He knew exactly what this group of struggling Christians needed. They needed someone who had proven their worth, not by their outward appearance, not by their outward charisma, but they'd proven themselves by their faithfulness to the gospel. And so he sends them. 
He doesn't look and say, oh man, if so-and-so, if we sent so-and-so, I know, I know they're kind of a little bit, they're struggling a little. They show up to church sometimes. Uh, they give every now and again. They like all these, like, but maybe, maybe will you? He doesn't do that. He says, Timothy has proven himself. That's who I'm sending. Paul has other people he could send. He notes that other people he could send. They're just not worthy. They're not worthy because they're not serving the gospel. That, so Timothy has proven himself. So send worthy workers. Uh, and so listen to his desire to send this young sickly man to these people in verse 23. I hope therefore to send him as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. And so Paul sends Timothy knowing that he uh, and they will be blessed um, by it. And so that's where we'll end this one. He's going to then talk about Epaphroditus in just a second. Uh, but amongst the group that he has, he's sending, he's sending Timothy. So what, what uses can we get from this text in, in terms of how we understand what we're to be doing and, and the blessings that will come? Let's take those sort of blessings and those responsibilities and let's apply them uh, to us uh, for some uses. First, uh, send. That's one. Sending is good. Because when you do, you are able to affirm the faith of those you love and are invested in. And so, so that means also that what you should be wanting to see in this is an assurance of the faith of these people. You're not, we're, not sending, we're not sending these people in this instance to, to necessarily see them come to Christ. We're sending, the, we're sending to train people who have already come to Christ. What we're doing is we're sending to see these people grow in their Christ-likeness. And when we hear that they've been doing that, that he who began a good work in them actually is indeed bringing it about to completion, that will encourage us. So when we send, send because it's a good thing, but send wanting to see their faith. That's what you, when, 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 when Ralph, uh, I almost said Paul and Timothy, when Ralph and Zach come back, that's what we should be concerned with. That should be what we want to hear. How have we seen their faith affirmed? That's what we should be uh, concerned about. It's not just enough to send because we send and that's what we do. I mean, honestly, church, we, we have no obligation to Africa. We have no obligation to Tanzania. None. We have, there's no requirement for us to send people to Tanzania. The gospel, again, the gospel is already there. It's already growing. And his disciples are already being made. That's not why we're sending. We must only send when we send out of a genuine love for the people we're trying to help. We want to help these churches grow. And that's why we're sending. It's not an obligation, which is why it comes with a great blessing. We don't have to. If this is something we had to do, probably come with a lesser blessing. This is something we're choosing to do. We better make sure we're choosing for the right reasons. I mean, we can... Uh, we can talk all day about how much we love these churches in Tanzania uh, and the people there. But until we hear back, what, what trepidation are we going to have? You know, what are they doing when we're not there? You know, what are they listening? It's the same thing, it's same, basically the same thing that I worry about when I don't see you on Sunday, right? What are they doing when I'm not around? 
Uh, what are they listening to? Uh, what sermon did they see on Facebook that was shared by a friend? And they're like, I'll listen to this. And I'd be like, no, uh, you know, what, what, you don't have these things. So, so, that's, uh, so when we're able to see them and, and Ralph and Zach bring back this report, it brings encouragement to us. And again, this is, this is a huge investment for our church. Our, our little church has spent a good chunk of money to go on trips to help these Tanzanian friends. And even when we haven't gone, even when we haven't been there, we've funded roofs for their church. We've brought, we've bought Bibles for them. We've got a lot invested in them. But it's all the way over there. We don't get to see a lot how it's being used. When we send someone to them, one of the first blessings we get is to see that their faith was genuine and was growing. And that what we invested in them, both in terms of time and finances, the Lord actually is using, even when we're not there. That we don't have to micromanage them because the Holy Spirit is doing the micromanaging for us. Because he's genuinely there in these believers uh, across, across the globe. So it's one thing to talk about God's work to spread his name among the nations. It's another to get to be the blessing of seeing God's church already growing apart from you. It's a blessing to get to see that. It's a blessing to get to see that God is just as real in Tanzania as he is here and that their churches are growing just as much as we are here and in some ways growing maybe more than us uh, than, than we are because of, their, because of their situation. So send, send because you care. Send knowing uh, that you'll be blessed in the sending uh, for the reasons you said. And then send worthy workers. We've got to make sure uh, of that and, and know that that's what our church will do. People should earn the right to be sent. And in our church, uh, we've got to make sure that's the obligation. I mean, Paul could have said again, maybe if I send some of these louts, uh, it'll be used to finally give them a concern for other churches. They don't care about other churches. They only care about themselves. But when I send them to Philippi, they're going to come back and they're going to have concern. But that's not what Paul says. Paul doesn't use this as a learning tool. In fact, he says, since they don't already show concern for others, he can't send them. So as a church, we can't use sending as a motivation for godliness. That's a, sending is not, is not a tool to motivate people to be Godward in their life instead of selfward. We're to send those who are already bearing the fruit of Godwardness. Don't just, we can't just send people to get them involved. Send, pe- we send people who you know will care because they are people who already do care. Don't send people, you go, I hope that sending will grow care in their hearts. No, only send people that already have a care for others. Send those who are already seeking Christ, not themselves. Send faithful sons. As Paul said, that's why I'm sending Timothy and not these other people. Churches who send have a responsibility to send people who have proven themselves to send worthy workers. The mission field, again, is not a tryout time. The mission field is not a proving ground. It is a proven ground. We often send based on people's skills or we think if this person grows, it'll grow, go, it'll grow something in them or grow something in someone else. But uh, neither of those is Paul's concern. For Paul, it's about the heart that is already present. That's who you send. And why does he do that? Because the work is important. Church, if the, if the work is important, if what they're doing is an important thing for the name of Christ and the work of the kingdom, if the work is important, then send somebody worthy. 
But if the work is not important, then why are you doing it? If the work is important enough to go and to send, then send somebody worthy of the work. And if the work's not that important, you can send whoever, then why are you going? Why are you using the Lord's resources in your time? Why leave your family and your friends and your church body to go over there? You better it only be doing that if the work is important. But if the work is important, then send people worthy of that work. That's what Paul says here. Send people worthy. So what do we do in sending to help those fellow believers? Uh, We know that when we send, what we do will be a great blessing for us. We get to see the God of the universe genuinely uh, at work uh, around the world. But we only get that blessing when we already care about the people that we're going to. And we only get that blessing when we send worthy workers. A worthy blessing only comes when we send worthy people. May God bless us and may we obey him. Let's pray. The first thing I want us to do as we pray is to thank God for the blessings that he promises us. So right now, just take this time of prayer to thank the Lord for the blessings. He says, come when we hear about their faith affirmed. That it's going to be good down to our souls. This can be good for your soul to hear about what's going on in the lives of these churches. To see your God at work, not just in you and not just in this church, but at work just as powerfully all the way across the globe. That he is genuinely the God of this world. That he is the king who reigns in places you can't even pronounce. And peoples whose names you've never heard. Not just never heard of them, but never heard of that name. Culture's far different from ours. But the same king, the same Lord. What blessing it will be to hear about that. To see that our faith in Christ is genuine. That he is Lord of lords. He is king of kings. That what we sang about in Psalm 22 is happening. The families of the earth are coming and bowing before him, blessing his name. Thank God that we get to be a part of that blessing. That blessing is going to come to us. So as we send, we send not not in in trepidation, but with with joy. And then then pray that you would would be a part of those responsibilities of, of what we do in the sending. Now, we've already sent these workers, so we can't go, oh, uh, I think that maybe Ralph's not worthy or maybe Zach's not worthy and call them back. We sent them because they're worthy. That's why we sent them. We didn't just send Ralph and Zach because Ralph and Zach wanted to go. We sent Ralph and Zach because at least our church is doing better than Paul's. In that case, we've got at least two of genuine concern for those believers over there and who are doing this work because they care for the name of Christ. So, so right now... Uh, Pray and ask God to make you remember this responsibility the next time we send. To the next time we go that you would be praying, Father, let us send faithful workers. Let us send worthy workers who are faithful to the gospel every day, who we aren't sending so that they might grow in their concern for others. We're not sending them so that they'll come back better. We're sending them because they've been faithful here, so we know they'll be faithful there. They care about people here, so we know they'll care about people there. Pray that that's what our church would do. 
because we've got that responsibility. We don't do that responsibility. We can expect no blessing in the sending. But then think about yourself. If Paul were uh, here at this church and were writing his letter here about us, would he say that I could only send Ralph and Zach? Because I didn't have anybody else who was genuinely concerned for other people. Everyone else is just concerned about themselves. They're selfish. They don't care about Christ. If Paul were to show up here with the opportunity to send these believers, would you be a worthy worker? Someone who's faithful in the faith every day. A faithful son. A faithful daughter. Because you love the gospel here. You're not just, this isn't just some, you know, great white man's burden to go over there and, and share the gospel over there. And, oh, I'll, I'll love the gospel when I'm over there. Do you love him here? Do you serve him here? Do you care for others here? Would you be worthy? Or would our church be sinning and sending you? Would it be a sin of our church to send you over there because we know what you are and you do too and you are not worthy? Listen, it's going to be a while till we go again. It'll be till April. If you're not worthy, get worthy. If, you're not, if you don't have a concern, Paul doesn't say that the people there, that he's, he doesn't say these are all just a bunch of unbelievers. Are you someone who's, who just, just hasn't had your mind on others? You've just been self-centered for a while. Be someone who in the church needed to send something, someone to encourage believers, even if it's across the globe or just down the street, that you could be someone the church could send. Because you're someone who cares. Who cares about the faith of other people. Who's concerned for them. Because you love Jesus Christ. Be that. And pray right now that God would make you that. Pray with the same confidence that Paul had. That he who began a good work in you will bring it on to completion. Pray right now. God, bring that work to completion in me. Help me to be worthy. And if I'm not worthy, show me how. If I'm self-centered, show me where. If I don't care about others, I only care about myself. Show me how. Cleanse me of that sin. Let me be living for you and not myself. Pray that. And know, just like Paul said. That he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. Have that confidence. Have that hope. Ask your Father to work that in you. Father, we come today and Lord, we thank you. God, we thank you for your work. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness uh, to to keep your promises of this kingdom that will uh, reach the nations and how the nations will bow before you. We thank you that we're a part of that, that when, uh, when, when Psalm 22 was being written, this, this uh, part of the earth was a little known, and yet here we are, uh, your kingdom here. And Father, I pray that as, as we send to encourage other churches and other parts of the globe where you're doing great work, I pray, Father, that, that uh, you would bring the blessings that you promise us that, that our, our souls will be stirred when we get this report. We're not just going to come back and look at a bunch of pictures and a bunch of smiling children and go, man, we really did good. But that our souls would be moved because their faith is real. And you are real. Please, Father, bring that blessing just as you promised. And Father, may we remember our responsibilities. May we send only worthy workers 
And in the meantime, Father, help us to be worthy so that should the need arise, be it at a scheduled time or unscheduled, we would be a church full of people who would be able to be sent because they do care for others because they're not seeking their own interests but the interests of Christ. Please, Father, work that in us as we see the responsibilities. May we not be like the rest of those with Paul. May we be a church full of Timothys, ready to go, not just because of what we will be, but because of what we are. Father, grow those fruits in us. May this word be used to grow it. We know without Christ it would be but barren ground, but we know in Christ our new hearts long for this, long for it. May you work it, Father. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.